Peace be with you. Peace be with you. If you want to grab a seat. If you want to grab a seat, we're going to go ahead and get started. I'm going to actually have you stand here in just a minute. But uh, welcome, everyone, but also in particular, welcome, uh, boys and girls, Family Sunday. It's Family Sunday. So we'll try to uh, apply the, the scriptural passage for our sermon this morning, particularly to you in some ways, and, and uh, we'll also keep it a little bit shorter, definitely shorter than last week, if y'all were here last week. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep it a little bit shorter and uh, hopefully garner the, the children's uh, attention. Um, but maybe, boys and girls, you want to stand up and get the wiggles out. I'm going to have you do that in just a second. But first, uh, if y'all want to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at verses 21 to 25. Mark chapter 4, verses 21 to 25. And when you arrive there, go ahead and stand up and, and we will read God's holy and precious word. And we want to read it with reverence because... This is the word of our God. We want to read it with joy because this is the word of our Savior. And boys and girls, before we read, if you just want to get the wiggles out, I don't know about you, sometimes it just helps. Some adults, some of you guys also need to get the wiggles out. Sometimes you just kind of wiggle, okay, and get it out just for a second, you know. um, And then that should be enough wiggles for the next 15 to 20 minutes, okay? I don't think that's going to happen, but we'll give it a whirl. All right. Well, let's listen with reverence and joy. We want to hear these words as if Jesus Christ was here speaking them to us presently, physically present here this morning. These words come to us with the very same kind of authority. So let's listen in such a way. Mark 4, 21 through 25. Mark writes, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And he, that's Jesus, said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Jesus, you are infinitely worthy to be listened to with our ears, to have our hearts affected and affectionate toward you. You are infinitely worthy of us responding with faith and repentance to your words here. And because of that, we we ask that you would grant what you call us to hear, that you would grant us ears to hear, that you would grant us to pay careful attention to what we hear and to respond in faith and repentance. Help us to be fresh, fertile soil prepared by your spirit to do so. I pray for for me, for this sermon, I offer these these meager uh, 
elements to you, knowing that you, you twice blessed inadequate offerings in your time among us, and you marvelously, miraculously multiplied them to strengthen and nourish those among you for their hard journey. We pray that that would take place this morning with this sermon. We pray these things for the sake of your name. Amen. You can be seated. Well, boys and girls, Martin Luther once said that the ears are the only organs of the Christian. The ears are the only organs of the Christian. Can you touch your ears? The ears are the only organs of the Christian. And I hear that and I go, well, that's just simply not true, right? I'm a Christian and I have lots of other organs. I have eyeballs and uh, a liver and kidneys. I have skin and a heart and uh, I'm missing an appendix, but Uh, Aside from that, I think everything else is pretty much there, and I assume that's true for you, and I'm pretty sure that was true for Martin Luther as well. So what in the world was he getting at when he said that the ears are the only organ of the Christian? Well, he said that because the Christian life ordinarily starts and is strengthened by hearing. The Christian life ordinarily starts and is strengthened by by listening, And, and not just listening to anything, but listening to the Word of Christ, listening to the Word of Christ. When someone becomes a Christian, boys and girls, the way that that usually happens is because someone tells them the good news about Jesus Christ, and they hear it with their ears, and they trust in Christ with their hearts. They hear it with their ears initially. That's how the Christian life ordinarily starts. And not only that, but as the Christian life goes on, ordinarily we are strengthened and and we grow and we become more and more like Jesus as we continue to hear the word of Christ, as we continue to hear the message of God's word, as we continue to hear the gospel. The apostle Paul gets at this very thing in Romans 10, 17, when he tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And so, it's no wonder here that Jesus encourages us and exhorts us to be very careful hearers of God's holy and precious word. He tells us to be very careful hearers. He tells us that we need to pay attention to what it is we hear when we hear the word of God. And he begins by first telling us this, that uh, first, the Word of God is not something that's to remain hidden. It's not something that's supposed to be, be hidden. The kingdom of God, the message of the gospel, is not something that's supposed to be hidden, but heralded. It's supposed to be heralded. And he tells us that in verses 21 to 22. And then he goes on next to tell us that as the Word of God, as the Word of Christ is heralded that we also must be faithful hearers of it. And so those are two truths that we're going to be looking at this morning as we look at verses 21 to 25 of Mark chapter 4. First, we see that the word of Christ must be faithfully heralded. 
must be faithfully heralded. So first, before we get into this, we need to know something about parables. How many of you guys have ever heard of a parable before? So a parable, yes, is, is um, it's like a story or a statement uh, about something which represents other things that are more deep and, and more profound than what's initially on the surface. So have you guys ever read Aesop's Fables or The Pilgrim's Progress or uh, The Chronicles of Narnia? Right? So in Pilgrim's Progress, there's a man named Christian, and Christian represents uh, Christians, actually. He represents a Christian, and uh, he's got a big burden on his back, and that big burden on his back represents sin and guilt. And then when he comes to the cross, he sees the cross, and this burden rolls off of his back. That represents salvation. And then later on, he, he does battle with a big dragon that represents Satan. And all of these things represent something beyond themselves. Or, or you could think of maybe the Chronicles of Narnia. Who does Aslan represent in the Chronicles of Narnia? Anyone know? He represents Jesus. And then, what does Aslan do in the Chronicles of Narnia and and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? He dies in order to save Edmund, and then he rises just the next morning. What does Aslan's death and resurrection represent for Edmund? It represents Jesus' death and resurrection for us. So there's this, this reality. These things point to something deeper than themselves. And the same is true with these parables. And so Jesus is teaching in parables, and he wants us to see some profound truths in them. Listen to what he says here. He says, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? So think about this for a moment. Boys and girls, how many of you wake up really early for school in the morning? Like probably before it's even Uh, light outside. It's still dark for a lot of you when you wake up for school in the morning. And what do you do when you wake up and it's still dark outside? You lean over and you turn your, your lamp on your nightstand on. And so you do that to give light to the room. So after you turn your lamp on, would you put a big box over your lamp? Or would you take that lamp and put it under your bed? No, you wouldn't do that because that's not the purpose for which you have the lamp. That's not why you turned it on in the first place. You turned it on to give light to your room so that you can see and get up and and go about getting ready for school. Well, Jesus is saying here, in the same way that the the lamp is not turned on and and put uh, in a room. There's a ball rolling down here. Uh, In the same way, (laughs) it's all right, so funny. Uh, In the same way, that uh, we, we don't hide a lamp. In the same way, Jesus, the message about Jesus, is not to be secret. It's not to be hidden. Jesus came to be revealed and to reveal the light of the kingdom of God. Jesus came to be revealed. He came to be proclaimed. He came to be heralded. And, uh, of course, those of you who... who uh, we're here last week, some of you adults uh, and, and some of you more discerning children might ask the question, doesn't this kind of uh, contradict um, what Jesus said uh, last week in, in Mark chapter 4, 1 through 20, in particular uh, Mark uh, chapter 4, verses 10 through 12? Doesn't this kind of contradict what Jesus said there about the, the hiddenness of the kingdom of God and the secret of the kingdom of God? And in And the answer to that question is found in verse 22 here. Um, Look at what he says in verse 22. He says, For nothing is hidden 
except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. So what he's saying is that the kingdom of God and the identity of Jesus as the Son of God is being kept secret for a time only so that it may become fully revealed later, only so that it may be uh, proclaimed and heralded and, 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 and preached later. It's kept secret in chapter 4 so that later when Jesus is crucified for our sins and raised victorious three days later, the, the kingdom of God may come to full view and be fully revealed. And at that time, Jesus says, it's going to be Jesus, his death for our sins, his resurrection on the third day, his salvation, the forgiveness of sins, his lordship over all things, the kingdom that he has brought in himself. All of that is going to be proclaimed from pulpits, shouted from pulpits like this one. It's going to be shared over backyard fences among neighbors. It's going to be read about and discussed with families around dinner tables. It's going to be gossiped about over cubicle walls at workplaces. At that point, it will not only just stay in Jerusalem, but it's going to cross borders and boundaries. It's going to cross uh, oceans and go into every nation from coast to coast and on into the ends of the earth because Jesus Christ has come, his kingdom has come in order that it may be fully revealed and proclaimed and heralded to the ends of the earth. And so, boys and girls, some of you guys may wonder why here at Veritas, why at our church, why your parents bring us to this place that we gather every Sunday, and we, we uh, spend a lot of time looking at the Bible and hearing the Bible uh, explained and proclaimed and applied, and you might go, sometimes it's a little too long, and I, I have a hard time paying attention. Why do we do this week in and week out? And the reason that we do this is because you, the reason your parents value this, the reason our church values this, is because we love Jesus, and we want to hear Jesus, and we want to hear about Jesus, and we want to know Jesus because he's worthy of being known. And the way that we come to hear about him, the way that we come to know him is through his name, his kingdom, his work, his salvation, his death on the cross, his resurrection three days later, his ascension, his kingdom, his lordship being heralded and heard by us today. And that brings us to the second truth. If we come and we hear God's word week in and week out, what does that call us to do? What are we beckoned then to do? And that calls us then to also be faithful hearers of God's word. God's word, the, the word of Christ, must, must be faithfully heard. And Jesus goes on to talk about this in verses 23 to 25. Look at what he says there. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now, if verses 21 to 22 were confusing, this one takes the cake, right? What on earth is Jesus talking about? Well, first notice in verses 21, the beginning of verse 22, He's exhorting us to be careful hearers of God's word. He says, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. So he's calling us to be careful, diligent hearers of God's 
word. It, when, when we hear God's word, we don't just want to be passive or we don't want to be apathetic. We don't want to be hard-hearted. When God's word says something, we want to believe it. When God's word promises something, we want to trust it. When God's word commands something, we want to obey it. That's what it means to be a careful hearer of God's word. And then he goes on in, in this next passage to say, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. What, what does that mean? And now, this, is a, this was a very common proverb uh, in the first century here, and, and Jesus' most immediate hearers would have most certainly understood what he was talking about, but it's a little more difficult for us to understand. And so imagine going to a market to go grocery shopping. Say you're going to buy, uh, you know, a, a pound of flour. I don't know how much a pound of flour costs, but say it's a dollar a pound. Um, and so a person who's wanting to buy flour, they'd go to the market, and they'd say, uh, give me a, a pound of uh, a flour. Give me a, a, a dollar's worth of flour. And the person selling the flour, the merchant selling the flour, would then very carefully measure it out to make sure that he's giving this person uh, the amount of flour that their, their uh, payment requires and their payment calls for. And so he's, he's saying uh, this, this measure that you use, the measure that you come with, is going to be the measure in which you receive. I came across another story this, this last week about a butcher and a baker. And uh, the butcher and the baker, they had stores right next to each other, and, and they became kind of acquaintances and friends. And, and so they decided, instead of selling each other meat and flour, uh, that they would instead uh, just trade. And so the, the baker would give the butcher a pound of flour, and the, the butcher would give the, the baker a, a pound of ground beef, and they would just trade instead of paying each other for the goods. And so eventually the, the butcher would, every day he'd come back to his, his shop after trading the, the meat and the flour, and he'd measure his flour on his scale, and he noticed it was coming up under a pound every single time, even though he was giving a pound of ground beef to the baker. So he was getting more and more upset about this. And then one day, it just came to a head, and he decided to, to confront the baker about the, the, uh, the skimming of the, the pound of flour. And he said to the, the baker, listen, you are not giving me a full pound. You're, you're skimming, and, and I'm coming up just under a pound of flour uh, every time, even though I'm giving you a pound of meat. And the baker responded by saying, listen, uh, I don't actually have a, um, a scale, but a... Uh, I don't have a measure but a scale on my, uh, on my weigher here. And so I just use the beef that you give me to measure out my flour. And so what he's saying is the, the butcher was trying to skim and was trying to cheat the, the baker out of the, flour, out of the beef that he was giving him. He was giving him just less than a pound every single time. But he didn't like the same measure being used on him. Now, here's the point. Here's the point of the, the story of the merchant in the market and the story of the butcher and the baker. Here's the, here's the point of this. You're going to get out of it what you put in. You're going to get out of it what you put in. The amount of flour that you get, you're going to get what you give. The amount of uh, beef or, or, or flour that you get between the butcher and the baker, you're going to get what you put in. And this is true of both sides. That's the point of this parable. Jesus is saying, you're going to get out of the Word of God what you put into hearing it. And this is true both in a positive sense and a negative sense. He's saying if you are a careful, diligent, faith-filled hearer of God's Word, 
God will give you insight and wisdom and transformation. He will give you salvation. He will give you in proportion to what you put into hearing his word. And even more. He says that he will give you even more. He will give you without measure even more than what you put in. He'll just continue to toss grace upon grace on you if you're a careful, uh, diligent hearer of God's word. But he says, if you are an apathetic hard-hearted hearer of God's word. Whatever benefit you did receive from your encounter with God's word will in the end be taken away from you. And so he's telling us here, we need to be careful, diligent hearers of God's word. Pay attention to what you hear, he says. And, uh, and boys and girls, you know this is true. You know this is true in your life with your parents. Say it's a a Saturday afternoon, and you've made a complete mess of your room throughout the entire week, and your dad comes to you and says, hey, you need to clean your room. You need to clean your room. So why don't you go up there and do that? 15 minutes passes, 30 minutes pass, and your dad says to you, hey, bub, um, you need to clean your room. And you say, yes, papa, yes, papa. 15 minutes passes, 30 minutes passes, you don't clean your room. So your, your father comes to you again. He says, child, you need to clean your room. And you say, I heard you, Papa. Now, in a sense, did you hear your Papa? Did you hear him tell you that you need to clean your room? Yes, in a sense, in one sense, you may have heard him. But you didn't really listen to him, did you? You didn't truly listen to him. You didn't actually hear him because actual hearing, actual listening requires a faith-filled response, an obedient response to what is heard. And this is the kind of response that Jesus is calling us to hear. He's calling us to be diligent, faith-filled, obedient hearers of God's Word. When you hear a statement from God's Word, you are to believe it. When you hear a promise from God's Word, you are to trust it. When you hear a command from God's word, you are to obey it. That's what it means to be a faithful hearer of God's word. Now, boys and girls, you are very privileged to grow up in a church and in homes where the word of God is regularly heard. You are very privileged. You're very privileged in many ways, but this is your chief privilege among all the privileges that you have is to grow up in a home where the Word of God is heard regularly. You hear Him every time you come to church on Sunday mornings. You hear the Word of God every time you you sit around the dinner table and do family worship or do family worship before bed and your parents read the Scriptures to you. That is a, a wonderful gift. That is a privilege of privileges. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful privilege. But you need to be very careful to be diligent and faithful hearers of God's word. You need to be very careful to apply to your life what you hear in God's word because Jesus is saying with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. If you are a faithful, diligent hearer of God's word, God will grant you salvation. He will give you the forgiveness of sins. He will give you the Jesus that you hear proclaimed. He will give you eternal life. He will give you a changed life. And he'll add heap, just grace upon grace upon you. But if you are not a faithful hearer of God's word, if you're an apathetic, hard-hearted hearer of God's word, 
Whatever benefit you receive in life from hearing God's word and your encounters with God's word will be taken away from you. At the final judgment, everything good will be taken away from you and you will be separated from Christ forever and ever. And so he's calling you here to be a faithful hearer of God's word by responding to God's word with faith and repentance, turning away from sin and turning to Jesus and receiving the grace that he has for us in the gospel. Jesus died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He rose again on the third day, victorious over sin and Satan and death. He offers us forgiveness and transformation to all who hear him and receive him and his message. If you receive that word, God will give you life without measure. But if you reject it, whatever benefit you have, Receive from growing up in such a household and growing up in such a church will be taken away from you forever and ever. Jesus' yes is on the table for you. His salvation is on the table for you if you have ears to hear. And so, for him who has ears to hear, let him hear. Pay attention, Jesus says, to what it is you hear, for you will get out of it what you put in. Be careful hearers of God's holy and precious word. Let's pray together. Jesus, grant us ears to hear. We pray that as we hear about your death on the cross for our sins, your burial, your resurrection on the third day, your ascension into heaven, we pray that we would not be like that beaten down path or the soil with the, rocky, the, the rocks in it or the, the soil with the thorns among it but that we would be like that fresh, fertile soil prepared by your Spirit to receive the seed of the Word and produce fruit 30, 60, 100-fold for the sake and glory of your name and your kingdom. We pray, Jesus, that you would be honored in our midst by your helping us to be faithful, diligent hearers of your Word, to apply to our lives what we hear, help us to respond to it faithfully, to bear fruit by the power of your Spirit. For the sake and glory of your name we pray. Amen.